G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. As the issues of religious freedom are in the thoughts of so many Christian and mainstream commentators right now, it may be a very, very good time to reflect on another dimension of this whole controversy that surrounds rugby footballer Israel Folau. As you know, the government is workshopping legislation right now as they're preparing to address religious freedom. And parallel to that is this national interest, even obsession. In the case of Israel Folau, his story has dominated headlines because of his social media post that led to the loss of his contract with Rugby Australia. People all over the nation have been passing their own judgment, and arguably that's a good thing. Well, of course, it is controversial. It's all about sin and its consequences. Apart from the fact that the LGBT community is outraged, what has come to light and should be a concern to every one of us is the degree to which society at large is often completely ignorant of the basic gospel message. And whose fault is that? So how can we stand for biblical truth and not burn bridges, missing opportunities to share God's grace and salvation, and ultimately winning a soul? Well, Our special guest through this coming hour, Bernie Diamond, one of Vision's most popular Bible teachers, his global headquarters for Christianity Christianity Works are in Sydney, and his reach these days extends to millions around the world. He's on a thousand radio stations in 160 countries. You'll be familiar with his programs on Vision, A Different Perspective, and Christianity Works. And Bernie Diamond is joining us, our guest, through this next hour. Bernie, a special welcome back to 2020. Neil, it's good to be back again. Great to talk to you. Uh, Bernie, you're a busy man. You do a lot of travelling. In fact, uh, you've been <laughs> travelling just these last couple of weeks. Keeps you really busy okay. and uh, more television content. Uh, what have you been up to lately? Well, the week before last, I was in New Zealand at Shine TV with your, your sister ministry, um, Rima Media, over there, um, shooting our daily television program. We shoot 126 episodes in a couple of days. And, uh, and the week before last, we shot the thousandth episode of the Daily Fresh program. So that was kind of a little bit amazing. Um, and last week, I was in Jakarta working with FEBC. Um, they're going to take our programs and start translating them into Bahasa Indonesian. Um, and broadcasting them across what is the largest Muslim country in the world. So God is on the move, and it's just exciting to be chasing after him, trying to keep up. Uh, you know, just tribute to you, uh, honour to you, because the quality of your work is such, as you say, when you've got uh, big uh, global broadcasters uh, translating your ministry into all sorts of different languages, reaching out into hard-to-reach context. must be very heartening to you, to you to know that those sorts of things are happening and reaching lots of people who don't even speak your language. 
Well, totally. And and when you see what God does, I mean, we're just a little organization and, and I stumble into a little radio studio like you do, right? And and we do what we do and, and we produce scripts and we and yet God takes those simple things and, and uses them to share his word here at home and around the world. And uh, it's just amazing. I feel like a bystander. I don't feel like I work a day in my life. It's just such a privilege to get along and do what God's doing. Uh, great to be able to work in what you love to do. Hey, Bernie, we've picked on a pretty significant topic today. And while people might be thinking, uh, isn't it all very well explored what's happened with Israel Folau and uh, freedom legislation, the government's preparing to debate in the parliament, all these things really, really important, but a dimension here that nobody else I suspect is talking about. And this is this balance between winning an argument and winning a soul. This is something that's been pretty important to you of recent times, and uh, no doubt you've been speaking on these sorts of things, writing about these things. What's so important about this idea of getting a balance right? Look, it's not an easy thing, is it? On the one hand, we want to live in a free society where we can say and think what we like. Um, On the other hand, I think there is a risk of Christian tribalism and of us being offended by our rights being taken away. And then it's easy for us to step over a line where we start to think that it's about winning the argument and protecting our rights, whereas Jesus didn't call us to do that. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with us participating in the debate. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with us uh, talking about religious freedom and, and, and saying, hang on, we need to be able to do this. But at the end of the day, we are not called to win an argument. We are called to win souls. And, and I know in my own social media account, um, I have many people who are friends who are not Christians. And so before I post things on my Facebook page, I think about how are they going to perceive it? Am I going to push them away from Jesus or am I going to draw them closer to Jesus? And I, I think that's what we all need to be asking ourselves in what we say to people, in what we say on social media, and in how, how we behave. Bernie, is it fair to say that perhaps those who are trying to win the argument are in fact creating an opportunity? I wonder what your thoughts might be about, you know, there are going to be those who are going to be called to be combatant even and uh, defending some ground, uh, winning some ground. Uh, and those and those on the other side, hey, looking at what sort of opportunity is created in that. Yeah. Look, I mean, I've been praying for, for quite a long time that something would break in the psyche of our nation, that this direction of promiscuity that we're heading in and, and that, that, that spirit of promiscuity and, and individualism over our society would break. And honestly, when you look at what Izzy Folau has done, by paraphrasing the Bible in that meme and, and putting on his social media account, and the, the firestorm that that's created, I think this is an opportunity. I think that these difficult times, God often brings opportunities in the midst of, of difficult times. And hats off to Izzy Folau for, for, for being true to who he is. And then you look at others who are called into this space. If I look at Martin Isles and, and his performance on, on television or on radio, there is a young man who is so gifted and so anointed by God to speak in a measured, sensible way that has people, if not agreeing with him, at least listening to him and saying, well, maybe this guy's not as crazy as I thought he was. So, yes, there are definitely people who are called into this space and, and they should follow that calling because... Um, it's what God's called them to do. But still, I think there's a risk for 
the average Joe, you and me, um, the person who's listening today, are becoming all offended and tribalistic and surprised almost that this persecution is coming our way, even though that's exactly what Jesus said was going to happen. Okay, don't be surprised that persecution may be on its way. Let me just pick up on, though, you've used this word uh, two or three times in these last few minutes, this idea of tribalism, of uh, of polarizing two sides of an argument and uh, joining one side specifically, waving some banners, shouting some war cries, uh, and yet I wonder whether that is the best position to take. So what are your thoughts on this idea of tribalism? Look, as I look around the world, go to America and you see deep divisions and schisms in society between left and right, between Democrat and Republican, between Christian and atheist, um, between pro-Trump and again Trump. Go to the UK. You've got Brexit, pro-Brexit or the stay campaign. Just, just travel around the world and what you see happening in society today are a whole bunch of schisms, and they're getting deeper and deeper and deeper. And I am never going to compromise what I believe. I will always stand up and speak what I believe to be the truth in love, but at the same time, my job isn't to drive those wedges deeper. My job is to try and bring people people together. Now, not everybody is going to agree with me. Um, I believe that what Izzy Falau put on his... On his um, um, post is absolutely correct. After all, it comes from the word of God. But there are ways of talking and there are ways of sharing that can bring people closer together. Can I take us to the Bible? Sure. Okay. Yep, let's do that. Uh, if, if I go to Second Timothy chapter two, verse twenty-three and onwards, have nothing to do with stupid and senseless controversies. You know that they just breed quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome but kindly to everyone, an apt teacher, patient, correcting opponents with gentleness. Let me say that again. Correcting opponents with gentleness. God may perhaps grant that they will repent and come to know the truth and that they may escape from the snare of the devil, having been held captive by him to do his will. We should never water down the message of the gospel. Well, this is so powerful to be talking about this today, Bernie, because uh, we all want to be able to stand firm, to present a biblical point of view. And as you say, uh, you can't disagree with what Israel Folau has posted because he's just posted a Bible verse. So the people that I'm talking to, as I say, I agree with that, will potentially label me as narrow-minded, homophobic, Homophobic. uh, bigot, uh, all those sorts of names, and perhaps we've just got to get a bit of a thick skin. But how can I then present the Jesus of the gospel uh, not messing up my opportunity to share the good news? Because this is where this gets a little bit uh, messy and maybe a little bit complicated. We have to go a little bit deeper here uh, to talk about how we might do that and Great verse there from uh, Second Timothy. Uh, but, you know, how do we do this without messing up our opportunity for the gospel? Well, can I pick up on what you said earlier, that, that this, this whole conversation, albeit quite vitriolic in, in some quarters, is an opportunity for us to speak the truth. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I had some neighbours over for dinner. Um, none of them were Christians. None of them were believers. And these were pretty smart people. I mean, one is our former ambassador to the USA, right? So he's a really intelligent 
guy and we're sitting around having dinner and of course they know what I do. So the Israel Folau subject comes up and they look at me incredulously and they say, surely you don't agree with him, right? <laughs> now, I see that as a huge opportunity to speak the gospel. I said, yes, I do. So they then asked me, how can you possibly agree with him? So we had a discussion about what the gospel says. And it was at this point that I had a wake-up call. It was like, hang on, they don't understand. They have never heard that we are all sinners who have fallen short of the glory of God, you, I, and everybody else. And we deserve the punishment of eternal separation from God. And Jesus Christ came so that he would take our punishment so that if we put our faith in him, we could have a new life and an eternal life. And they looked at me and they said, hang on a minute, are you saying that all those people that Israel Folau listed are going to hell? And I said, yes, I am. And then you could see the minds ticking over. <laughs> yeah. And then they said, hang on, are you saying that we're going to hell? And I said, not me, but the Bible. The gospel of Jesus Christ is that we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Now, that was a complete revelation to them. They look at Christianity and churches and whatever religious stuff happens inside that box. Okay, if that's what you want to go and do, go and do it. Do it inside that box, leave me alone. But they'd never heard the heart of the message. And I think we as Christians need to understand that. Many of these people have never heard the heart of the gospel message. So what's happening here is that people are, and perhaps it's not been in this level for such a long time, people are being confronted by the biblical idea of sin. And yes. as you say, it's like the penny is dropping for a lot of people and they're saying, uh, you, you're talking about me but here we don't want to stay with just that dimension because there's a deeper dimension that you need to be mindful of as a Christian believer here, Bernie, and that's this other dimension of God's grace and salvation. So somehow or other you've got to be able to engage in the argument, not on just one side, but coupling the two sides together so that there's at least some wholeness to the argument. That's right, because sin and the righteousness of God, that's the bad news. The good news is the grace of God through Jesus Christ, the forgiveness that we have in him because he took the punishment for us. Now, just stop and think, and I, I, I'm guessing many of the people listening to us chatting today are Christians, right? Yeah. Just stop and think and put yourself in the atheist's shoes for a moment. Imagine that you don't believe that there is a God, right? And just imagine that for a moment. And someone comes along and persecutes or is perceived to persecute Christians, is perceived to be judgmental on issues of sexuality, when after all, after a fairly fulsome royal commission, the church has been seen to be complicit in the sexual abuse of children. How do you see that as someone who is sitting in those shoes? Can you understand the outrage? I certainly can. Yeah. I'm not saying it's right but I can understand where those people are coming from. And often we come from our cloistered Christian environments, believing what we believe, hanging around with other people who believe what we believe, and we're completely shocked and dismayed and confronted when people don't see the world that way. Hey, I used to be an atheist. 
I used to be someone who hated Christians and who persecuted Christians, so I completely understand where those people are coming from. Helping you make sense of life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Our talkback line open 1-800-316-316. If you'd like to join in our conversation today, you can also leave a note on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash vision radio. We'll take some calls in just a few moments. Uh, Bernie, though, before we, before we do, uh, this developing controversy around Israel Folau and the government's approach to religious freedom, this is likely to be going on for some time. And, uh, you know, people talking about 12 months, uh, 18 months, uh, these sorts of things are going to be in the headlines this long. Uh, when we're talking about opportunity, this is a good time to be preparing to adjust the way you think about these things. Uh, what would you say to, to that idea? Look, yes. We do need to think about what, what are my actions and my words saying to bring people closer to Jesus or to drive them away. Now, ultimately, the gospel is an offense. Ultimately, Jesus is a stumbling block to many people. And we are not going to convince 100% of people in Australia that what Israel Folau said is right and what the Bible says is right. That simply is never going to happen. Right? And the only way you can get to that point is if you water down the gospel, which I don't believe any of us should be doing. But I think each of us needs to be thinking about what we're saying, what we're doing, how we're addressing this problem, because we are called to be salt and light. We are called to be witnesses of his majesty. We haven't been put here to cruise into a comfortable retirement. We've been put here to declare the good news of Jesus Christ to the lost and the hurting and those going to a Christless eternity. That's why we've been put here. Taking calls, 1-800-316-316. Let's hear from Caroline in Somerset in Tasmania. Hello, Caroline. Welcome along. Um, hello. Caroline, what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, uh, well, I've, I've um, been, in Australia, been in Australia for, I'd say, nearly 12 years. Um, I've been a, a Christian since I was uh, 14. Uh, I have found it uh, the interesting thing that I found about living in Australia is that people will come to you and say, well, yeah, you're a Christian and, and you have these beliefs and they'll want to talk to you. But the moment that you start saying, and you try to say it as gently as you can, you tell them the truth because, and, and, and understanding, because I'm, I'm with you. I, I, you know, I can remember still not believing in Christ and, and, and you know, and I, I can understand the feeling that, hey, this offends, but, but I also take very seriously my responsibility to tell them the truth. Um, but the problem I have is since I'm American and I, you know, and I'm in Australia, Americans are very direct and Australians are very, uh, not, not as direct. So, um, it's just a matter of sometimes I feel like I come across too strong. So just would like to learn how to, um, be more gentle in how, in how I present it, but also still not water it down. Carolyn, great thoughts. Uh, your response, Bernie? No one's ever accused me of not being direct enough, Carolyn. So, <laughs> um, look, Absolutely. We need to find the language. We need to find the way of saying it. I saw something interesting on Facebook just recently that said this, everyone's a Christian until we get biblical. And, and everyone wants to believe in love and nice things and Jesus is, is love. And God is love, right? But God is also judgment. God is also righteousness. God is, and there is no way that you can water that down. One of the things I encourage people to do is to think through the consequences of not having religious freedom, or indeed freedom of expression in our country. 
and, and it's something that I did over dinner that night with those people sitting there. I said, let's just imagine for a minute in this whole religious freedom debate, let's imagine that the Christians win and the gay lobby does. Let's just paint that hypothetical. Would it be a good outcome for people not to be able to express their views on homosexuality from the gay lobby? Would that be good for our democracy? Oh, no, that would be terrible. And I said, well, flip it around the other way then. Do you really want to stop people from expressing their strongly felt, heartfelt, religious Christian views? I mean, back in the day in the Vietnam War, we used to jail conscientious objectors. Do we think that's a good idea or don't we? And as people start to think through the broader issues of the right to believe and say what you believe, people start to recoil from shutting others down. Okay. Thank you so much to Caroline in Somerset in Tasmania taking calls on one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. Let's take another one. Robin is on the line in Queensland. Hello, Robin. Yes, hello. Um yeah, Bernie, I love what you've been saying and um like if if we really speak from our relationship with God, not just don't not just a set of beliefs. I mean, yes, that comes into it, but if we're speaking from a relationship with God and the love that God has shown us that comes through and then you can discern when people just want to argue with you. The other thing I want to say is people don't go to hell just because they're homosexual and adulterer, liars, whatever. They go to hell because they've rejected Jesus and the salvation he offers. Amen. You know, like, and the other thing I want to say is people that go through things like homosexuality and that, they are having an enormous battle that people don't understand. And, you know, for them to come, you know, many of them do want to come to the Lord, but they've still got all this baggage that they have to work through. And it takes a long, long time because if you understand how the devil works, he's out to pervert the whole of humanity. And once he gets hold of um, people in that way, you know, they're snared. And it really takes a lot of love to set them free. So Good. don't target just people like that. Good what thoughts, Robin. Sin- let's, get a, let's get a response from Bernie on those uh, points he's sharing. Robin, I couldn't, couldn't agree with you more. I live in the gay district of Sydney, so I understand that how deep... Sexuality is a really powerful driver in every human being. And, and those who are same-sex inclined have a huge battle on their hands. There's absolutely no doubt about that. But to pick up on the first thing that Robin said... If we speak out of our relationship with the Lord, and I would encourage us to take that one step further, if our lives speak out of our relationship with the Lord, if who we are, not just what we say, but what we do and how we live and the example that we set and the genuine love that we show for the people around us, that buys us the right to speak the truth into their lives. But if we're hypocrites, if we say one thing and yet we don't live out the love of Christ, then we're simply not being good witnesses of the truth. Our lives have to speak the truth, not just our mouths. Thank you so much to Robin. 1-800-316-316. If you've got a comment, a question uh, for our conversation today, let's continue to take some calls. 1-800-316-316. Let's hear from Dean in Glen Innes in New South Wales. Hi, Dean. Welcome. Uh, G'day. How's it going? Really well, Dean. What are your thoughts for our conversation today? Well, look, um, I think what uh, Israel said was um, was right, um, and he had a right to say it. But um, I think uh, 
by the same token, he delivered in a pretty much a loveless fashion and uh, really didn't give any hope. So uh, I think that's what he's guilty of, um, not, not of speaking the truth, but uh, of delivering it in a loveless, uh, hopeless fashion from what I've seen to the Post. Of course, the Post did say that, you know, salvation is in Jesus alone. And, uh, but of course, emotion doesn't come through that and, and gentleness doesn't come through in that. Uh, Bernie, your thoughts for Dean? Look, uh, Dean, I would agree with you. Um, you could question whether he was, as Jesus said, casting pearls before swine, whether he was actually, whether his approach to communicating the message in that context was the right approach. Would you and I have handled it differently? Potentially. But it has brought focus on the fact, and it has broken something in the psyche of this nation to, to begin talking about the salvation message. I personally would not have tweeted it that way. I would perhaps have done it a different way. But there we, there we are. He has done it. It does seem to be loveless, although those who follow Israel Folau know his deep, heartfelt faith. They know he's one of the good guys. They know he's a decent person. So his persona does kind of back up that social media post. But, yep, I hear what you're saying. Dean from Glen Innes, thank you so much for your call. Our talkback line remains open, 1-800-316-316. You can also leave a response on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash vision radio. Bernie, let me just bring you back to this idea of repelling people. And a response, and I know this word has been used a couple of times, this idea of gentleness in a response. Uh, the whole idea of it's not what you say, but how you say it might be important mm. here. Oh, totally. I mean, I, I, I come back to before I was a Christian, my view was I'm not gay, but if that's how they want to live their lives, what business is it of mine? Um, who am I to criticise? Let them be who they are. And when you don't believe in a God, and therefore you don't believe that the Bible is the Word of God, it is in essence a very reasonable position to come to in the absence of a God. So when we bring God into the equation whom you and I believe in but others may not, of course gentleness is required. Of course tactfulness is required. But there is a line. There is a line when I am asked, point blank, as I was at that dinner that I was talking about a few Saturday nights ago, when I am asked where I have to stand up and say, excuse me, but this is what I believe and this is why I believe it, in all love and in all genuineness, with, with great depth in my heart, with everything I am, this is what I believe because Jesus Christ died for me and rose again. And that will be a stumbling block and that will repel people. There's nothing you can do about that. Let's try Wayne in Victoria. Hi, Wayne. Hi there. How Wayne, you what are your thoughts? Hi there, how are you doing? Very well, Wayne. Good, thank you. Um, I think the social media is a very important platform. And I have a couple of questions. What are you saying when you're on social media? That's the question. How are you impacting people? And why are you saying what you are saying? What is your motivation? I know that when it comes to the gospel, the good news is the good news. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we are to speak the truth in love. We need to be aware of what we're saying. 
all the time. Wayne, you're making a really powerful point here. When you make a post on social media, what you're doing is you are uploading the written word and it doesn't come accompanied by your gentleness, your love and your emotion. Let's get some thoughts from Bernie Diamond uh, for what Wayne's sharing. I couldn't agree more with Wayne. I honestly am so dismayed at some of the things that Christians post on Facebook and in Twitter and in other social media feeds. Um, They seem to almost let go of this idea um, that we are representatives of Jesus Christ, that we are witnesses of his majesty, and they go straight for the jugular to try and win the argument. I'm not saying everyone's like that. But I see a lot of that stuff, Neil. I'm sure you've seen a lot of that stuff on on Facebook as well. And and it's such a deep concern because, again, it comes back to the fact that we are not there to win the argument. We are there to win souls. Should we be engaged in this discussion? Yes, we should. Should we have views? Yes, we should. Should we express them in love? Yes, we should. But that's the key, as Wayne said, in love. Wayne from Victoria, thank you so much for your call. Our talkback line is open, 1-800-316-316. What do you do when you're posting something on social media? How do you actually flavour that with some sort of love? Because a lot of people are interpreting those things in a different way. And, of course, the written word, uh, sometimes you'll know when you've received an email or a letter that someone's written and they've, in perhaps all good conscience and with the right motive, They've tried to express their emotions and their opinions, but somehow or other it comes across being combative. It's robust. Perhaps even you're convinced that you've got the truth right. You know what the Bible says. You can stand on that. And therefore, your contending in the marketplace has a more robust feel about it and perhaps needs to be tempered with a little more gentleness. And the way we're communicating needs to be something that uh, is... uh, uh, the ways that we uh, we talk about these things needs to be very carefully considered. Uh, we've got some Facebook comments too. Let me just reflect one from Mike, and we'll get your thoughts here, Bernie. Mike says, we live in a world that does not want God, and that is why people everywhere are at times ignorant. Many reject the existence of God on an intellectual level. However, I think the majority don't want Christianity to be true because then it becomes a moral issue. What would your thoughts be for Mike? That's always been the case, hasn't it? There's nothing new in any of that. Why was Jesus crucified? Jesus was crucified because he challenged the power structures of his day. In that case, it was religious power structures. And, And his dissenting voice was not tolerated. And as a result, the Sadducees and the Pharisees cooked up a plan to have him nailed to the cross. The the. The persecution of the truth has always been what's been going on. And we should never expect not to be persecuted, and we should never expect to win 100% of people over, because that's not what the Bible says is going to happen. That still shouldn't stop us from speaking the truth in love. You can leave a comment or a question on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash vision radio. Let's take another call. Marion is on the line from Western Australia. Hi, Marion. Welcome. Uh, good morning. Um, yes, I have to agree. Um, sometimes, as, as Christians, we are, we don't temper our remarks in a in a Christian manner that would reflect what Christ would have said. And I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about Jesus when the woman caught in adultery was brought before mm. him, and he didn't say anything. All he did was 
right in the sand and then what did he say to her? I don't accuse you of but go and sin no more. Um, and I think it's very true. We need to um, show the love of Christ and um, we know what Israel said. That's correct. But then how do we temper that? How do we um, bring that over so that, like you said, the, the main aim is not um, condemnation. It's, to, it's restoration and, and to bring that sinner back to Christ. You know, and um, sometimes we just come too hard on. I think I agree with you too. We've got to be showing the love of Christ. Good thoughts, Marion. Your response, Bernie? Yeah, look, I agree. I, I, in practice, I don't use social media much to discuss this subject. Uh, because I think that ultimately it is a no-win situation. Ultimately, if I raise this subject of sin or homosexuality, and by the way, let's make this clear, the Bible does not discriminate between homosexual or heterosexual immorality. Right? Very clear. The Bible does not discriminate between those two. It says that all sexual immorality is wrong. That being said... I, I much prefer to have these discussions with people personally where they know me, where my personality and what they know of me becomes part of the context of the discussion. Because often as, as we discuss these things in social media, they descend into a slog fest, right, between this side and that side, and there is very little grace in that discussion. And we do have to have the discussion in grace and in love. And I'll come back to Martin at, at um, the Australian Christian Lobby. He does that so well in the public forum. I think those who, who wonder how to do this, watch a few of his interviews on, on YouTube, right? See how he speaks. And he speaks so logically and yet with a warmth and a genuineness that is truly anointed. Thank you so much, Marion in WA. Our talkback line open, 1-800-316-316. Let's hear from Mike in Tasmania. Hi, Mike. Good morning, gentlemen. Uh, one of the first conversations recorded about sin was when the Lord said to Cain in Genesis, why are you so angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? If you don't do what is right, sin is crouching your door and he says to it wants to have you, but you must master it. Well, you know, God put out the the Lord put out the um, his thoughts, and and uh, Cain did not accept those. Uh, good thoughts. A response from Bernie. Look, sin is the central the central malady of humanity. It it is a malady that is so great that God chose to send His Son, the Creator of the universe, to suffer and die on the cross to address the central malady of sin in the human condition. That was an act of love. And yet in the 21st century, in our society, for those who do not believe in Jesus Christ, the concept of sin is a complete anathema. Look, I'm not a chainsaw massacrist. I didn't beat my wife. I'm not a rapist. Why would God possibly send me to a hell that I don't believe in? Right, that's that's the thinking, and the reason I can articulate it so well is I used to be there. I simply I simply couldn't understand why these Christians were so judgmental about sin. And truly, it's not until the Holy Spirit does His work in a person's heart to convict them of sin and righteousness, which is what Jesus said was the role of the Holy Spirit. It's not my role to convict a person of sin. It's the role of the Holy Spirit. Until that happens their eyes cannot be opened. And so our job 
is to be cooperating with the Holy Spirit in that rather than to be a stumbling block. Thank you so much, Mike, in Tasmania, 1-800-316-316. Let's hear from Michael in Toowoomba in Queensland. Hi, Michael. Welcome. Hello. Um, just um, want to say that um, I'm a little, little bit disappointed at, from Christian circles at Israel getting a lot of flack. Um, and if you read, read what he says, it does sound like it's in love but uh, it, as you guys have been saying it's not necessarily in love uh, if we take it the wrong way I think it's disappointing that um, in church circles we don't hear that sort of truth sometimes uh, so we are um, how would you say educated taught the truth and uh, therefore it's uh, we have so many different differing opinions in church circles, therefore we have these criticisms and supports and uh, going on. Uh, I agree with what you guys are saying. I enjoy what what's going on. Uh, Michael, great to hear from you. Uh, response from Bernie. Interestingly, Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, I'm going into John chapter 8, verses 31, 32. He said, if you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. And they answered, hang on a minute, we're descendants of Abraham. We've never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean by saying, you will be made free? See, the truth is not what sets you free. Read it again. If you continue in my word, then you are my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. You have to know the truth for the truth to make you free. I remember one of my lecturers at Bible College who'd been in pastoral ministry for 35 years. He said, whenever I took over a new church, I always assumed a low level of biblical literacy, and I have never yet been disappointed. The sad truth is that many Christians do not know their Bible. Many Christians do not know what the Word of God says, so they make it up as they go. And and I agree with Michael entirely that we need to go back to the Word of God and let the Word of Christ dwell richly in us as we're told for it to do. Michael from Toowoomba, thank you so much for your call. 1-800-316-316. Our talkback line is open. Facebook.com forward slash Vision Radio to leave a comment or a question on our Facebook page or even engage uh, with what others might be saying there too. Bernie, let me come back to one of the central issues of what's going on, and that is the way we think about this issue of discrimination. Uh, when is it right and when is it not right? What are your thoughts as we get into that sort of dimension to this whole discussion? Well, I'd like this to become much wider than purely religious. I'd, I'd like this discussion to become much wider and encompass anything that a person holds sincerely to be true. Let me ask you a question. Let's say that I'm looking for a job. People know who I am and what I stand for, and I see a job advertised with the gay and lesbian Mardi Gras in Sydney. It's the marketing director's job, and I decide hypothetically to apply for that job. Highly unlikely in practice, but let's say I decide hypothetically to apply for that job. Neil, do you believe that they have a right to discriminate against me? in not appointing me to that position. Well, you know, we'd have to come down to, of course they have a right to discriminate against you. Absolutely they do, because what I believe flies fundamentally against their core mission. It's the heart of what they're about. I disagree with what they're about. Why would they possibly want to appoint me as their marketing director? And we put the shoe on the other foot, 
if somebody who believes that homosexuality is fine comes and applies to my organization for a job, I have to deny them the job. It makes sense. But should a rugby union be able to fire someone who talks about what they sincerely believe when what they sincerely believe does not disagree with the mission of the employer? The mission of the employer is to put rugby on. Should Qantas be able to fire me if I express views on social media that say I believe that homosexuality is a sin? Should the ANZ Bank be able to discriminate against me for those views? No, because my views don't conflict with their core mission of flying planes or banking or, or putting on rugby union. Does that make sense? It, I, I, think we need, I think we need to be practical about this sort of thing. And I, I come back to, I, I believe that we should have a wider discussion about freedom of expression and the right to hold a dissenting view. If I take you back to that dinner that I mentioned earlier where that former Australian ambassador to the US was, was dining with us, and we talked about the dissenting view, quite interesting. He piped up and he said, it is fundamental to a democracy that we tolerate a dissenting view. If we don't tolerate a dissenting view, then we are not a democracy. So it's not just religious freedom. It's not just the ability to discriminate on religious grounds. I think we need to have a far wider discussion about when is it right to discriminate and when is it wrong to discriminate. Talk back line open, 1-800-316-316. Let's hear from Julia in Brisbane. Hello, Julia. Welcome. Hi there. Julia, what are your um, thoughts? I'm really enjoying the show. Thank you very much. Um, I, I have two thoughts, I think. That One, I think I agree completely. Social media is, a, is an artificial way of communicating, and so it's fraught with, with problems. But the other thought I had was that um, we we're all we all have different personalities, and and I think we're all called to um, express our Christianity different ways. So someone might be um, caring about other people's feelings, while another personality might think it's more important to tell people the truth than care about their feelings. So I think. I'm just sort of thinking that maybe we need to be careful about judging another man's servant and, um, it, you know, it, um, Israel said what he said and he, and he put, put the last bit in, which was there's, there's salvation in Christ, which is an easy, simple thing to do. You know, there's a simple remedy. Um, I also think he was um, responding to... The millions of messages that young Australians are getting these days that a homosexual lifestyle is um, quite a natural and happy lifestyle to have. So I, I don't think he was making his comments in a vacuum. It was in, in the context that there were, you know, thousands of voices saying one thing and he was kind of coming up with the opposite view. Julia, <laughs> interesting thoughts you've got there. A quick response from Bernie. Oh, look, Julie, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, we each have to be led by the Holy Spirit. We each have to do and say what the Holy Spirit calls us to do. I have no doubt that God is mightily going to use the social media posts, and he already is, of Israel flowers. I, I am glad that he did what he did. Personally, I wouldn't have done it that way, 
but he did, and God bless him for that. And may the, the Lord our God work powerfully in this nation through the discussion that is generated. Julia from Brisbane, thank you so much for your call. And time's running short, Bernie. If we were trying to sum up where this conversation has gone over this past hour, I wonder whether uh, you might have a thought or two as to how we get this balance between speaking the truth in love and, in fact, the way we speak that truth in love uh, with some level of gentleness. Uh, How do you sum up the sorts of things that we've been talking about? Look, I, I think we, we need to understand that there are lots of people out there who are going to a crisis eternity, and we can either work with the Holy Spirit or against the Holy Spirit. So this is the sort of thing that we need to be in prayer about. We need to consider carefully what God is calling us to do and to say and follow the leading of the Holy Spirit when he opens the door for us to speak the truth in love to somebody. Is social media a great place to do that? Probably not. Um, but certainly there are plenty of conversations happening in this country today where we have the opportunity to very reasonably and sensibly put the dissenting view and may the Lord our God use that as a step along the journey for the people to whom we speak. Ultimately, wouldn't it be wonderful to win the argument and win the soul? But what are your thoughts just quickly on this idea that when you're in the middle of the heat of the argument, Uh, that you're very highly likely to burn bridges quickly and uh, the sensitivity that you might need to have when you're in that sort of conversation? Uh, We are not going to convince everybody. And and by holding the view of the gospel, not just about homosexuality, because that's only one sin that was mentioned, and it's only one of the sins that's mentioned in the Bible. If we hold the view of the gospel, if we firmly believe that we're all sinners, that God sent Jesus to die for us and rise again so that we might be forgiven and have a new eternal life, that is going to be a stumbling block. Not everybody is going to come to that view. We have to accept that. We will be persecuted for that, and we should be surprised at the same time. We do our best to speak that truth in love and let the Spirit of God work through us to change people's lives. Uh, Bernie, I'll give the website christianityworks.com. Are there any articles? Have you written any uh, pieces of recent times that might uh, take people into this or you're you're planning to? I haven't written anything about this specifically. Um, I think enough has been written. I think enough enough (laughs) has been said. Um, I'm just getting on and, and... preaching the good news of Jesus Christ. But by all means, stop by ChristianityWorks.com, leave a message, tell us your views, have a discussion, we'd love that. And of course, Christianity Works is also a page on Facebook and and you're more than um, welcome to make some comments there as well. And I I might just say, uh, what a beautiful thing it is uh, to be able to have this conversation on the radio today because uh, we're not just words on a page, There is emotion attached. We're talking truth and we're talking gentleness and we've been able to interact with the thoughts, opinions and the heart of uh, listeners all around Australia. And uh, Mm. I think that, you know, if we're talking about one of the beautiful things about a radio conversation, I think we've seen something special about that today. And Bernie, uh, I know you do radio all over the world and uh, it's a beautiful opportunity for you to be able to bring the gospel message into those contexts. And as we were saying before, Uh, even into so many different languages all around the world. A thousand radio stations, 160 countries. You've written lots of books, and I'll encourage listeners to, as you say, stop by 
at christianityworks.com. Bernie Dimit, thanks for being with us today on 2020. Been a real privilege. Bless you, mate. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.